PFT Media. You are now listening to Cinema Crespediso. Chris Crespo Radio Show. Everybody likes it. Listen to his shit. Cinema Gresbody so is barreling down the road. The brakes are broken and there's no way to stop this thing. So Drusa Cogburn, hop on. Here we go. You ready, buddy? Oh wait, I'm not even on the thing. In that case, I'm just gonna let it pass. No, you're on it. <laughs> Too no, late, you, no, baby. No, no, you, t- you told me to hop on. No, we're going, baby. You, you told me to, so then I, I grabbed it. I grabbed you. <laughs> I skyhooked you. You're in. God damn it. How's it going? It's going. Uh, we're doing episode 384, what does that mean? I don't know, we'll leave that up to our, uh, resident, uh, numerologist. Uh, do you have that, do you have her number, by the way? No. I've been trying to get a hold of her for, mm. no. It's funny that you don't have the numerologist number. Right, that's the thing. That's, that's, uh, <laughs> my phone guy has, a, my phone guy has a phone numbers. Mm, do you have a phone guy? It's been missing for a while. Mm. Uh, you know the world's been—it's been a crazy world lately. No one's responding to the messages anymore. I don't know. I don't know what's going on out there. Mm-hmm. It's the outbreak. Do we actually? There's no windows in this room. There's a windowless room. Correct. Yeah, we we we, we <laughs> close ourselves off from from outside as we do this. Uh-huh. Uh, isn't that what you're supposed to do during uh, emergencies, pandemics, etc.? Yeah, 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 yeah. Lock yourself off. Mm-hmm. So hunker down. We have everything we need to survive in this room. We have microphones. Oh, we have I computers. Can't. Speaking of hunkering down, man. Hurricane season's almost here, Chris. Yeah. Be a good time. Hopefully we could have a hurricane pandemic. You probably won't have to worry about it until... Uh, Pandemicane. Pandemicane, when the virus gets swirled around in the, <laughs> in the air. Yo, start start writing the movie now. We'll sell it to sci-fi. It'll be on TV next well, year. As it happens. No, it, oh, that's the thing. We have to wait for production to even start. Well, this is, this is sci-fi. I'm sure we can just hop on some back lot at on fucking somewhere around Atlanta. With or the, maybe even Full Sail here. Some, some sort of social oh. distancing back lot. 
Yeah. yeah, in Georgia, sure. They open up for business, right? Yeah, everyone. Everyone. Yeah, they're a bunch of backwards fucks. Yeah, the, uh, the, no, the virus is dead over there. Yeah, right? of course. No, mm-hmm. There's no worries. We're about to declare victory on the virus, Chris. So then. Mission accomplished. So then. Uh, yeah, virus dead. That virus dead, which, <laughs> which makes our, uh, our pandemic cane. Pandemic cane to movie much less uh, believable. Mm. Unfortunately, maybe that's what we want to. No, that's what we're looking for. We're, I mean, I did, I did just see something on Amazon Prime, or was it one of the streaming servers for? I I can't remember how they put it together, but I had somehow they combined the words avalanche and shark, and it was just a giant shark coming down a mountain, like shark avalanche, something like that, some dumb like that. <laughs> yes. It's a, un, unfathomable the amount of uh, so, knockoffs that so, Sharknado produced. Yeah, so we can do we can only do, do pandemic cane. We can do virus cane, pandemic cane. We can do uh, her her virus, her 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 pandemic, hurricandemic. That's something else. Uh, hurricane versus pandemic, hurricane Ooh. versus virus. There we go. There we go. And then like whoever whoever wins, we lose. And mm-hmm. then we just wholeheartedly rip off. Because that's what they do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we rip off another movie. Yeah, we'll just rip off uh, Aliens vs. Predator somehow. Whoever wins, they, whoever wins, we lose. Uh, Hurricane versus Pandemic. Set in Georgia. Shot in Louisiana. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Completely screw Florida out of it. Totally. That's how it happens. <laughs> Fuck Florida. <laughs> we don't deserve shit. Okay. Uh, speaking of not deserving shit, we we ourselves as as humans don't deserve shit, which is why we get gifted uh, VOD movies such as Capone. <laughs> we got Capone to watch this yes, week, we, Drew. Yes, we did, Chris. Remember, we said a few weeks ago when there was like, you know, what movie is going to come out on VOD? Mm-hmm. Which yeah. ones are going to still be in theaters? Yeah. And we've been saying. If it's coming out on VOD or if it gets changed to a streaming service, it's chances prob- are it's probably bad. Yeah. It's probably not that good or bad. Uh, we'll talk about more about that in the second half of the news. But uh, some evidence of it right here. Juicy Crackman. Chris. Did they, they announce this this week? I didn't. Dude, I, and I just plopped. I got uh, a buddy of mine shot me a text and was like hey if this movie comes out in theaters when theaters yeah. reopen because he had yeah, yeah. just seen a trailer and I was like yeah I did not a problem which only came out like a month ago yeah I was like I'll, I'll keep an eye out I'll, mm-hmm. I'll let you know mm-hmm. and then like two days later I found out that it was on VOD on VOD and I was like yo bro it's out it's out so let's watch it oh boy did we watch it yeah, we Capone yeah. starring mm-hmm. Thomas Hardy yes mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah. directed by Joshua Trank Direct, written directed and edited Oof. Oof. It's because he asked. I guarantee you, he asked other people to help him, and they all asked. So what are you doing? And he told them, and they were like, "Maybe, nah, bro, that's, nah, bro, that's okay. That's possible. That's, I don't want to help you. It's very possible that he couldn't find someone to like. This sounds insane. Or it's possible that he's uh, the type of guy who's like, it's in my head. Only I can make it come out right. Which is fine. I mean, that means that he, he just still should have sat down with like an editor, as he told him what to do. Right. And the editor could have been like, well, maybe. Yeah. Maybe don't cut so fast between uh, people mm-hmm. uh, during normal conversations. Did you mm-hmm. notice that? Yeah, towards especially towards the end. Yeah, uh, it was well, just like over coverage, and it was fucking super ADR movie. 
Like pretty much every word that came out of Tom Hardy's mouth was not coming out of Tom Hardy's mouth at the time. Probably because well, the makeup the, and the, the and the grumbling. <laughs> I got a, either yeah. a carrot or a cigar in my mouth the whole time. So then on set, like they captured that. It's like we can't understand a word he's fucking saying. So we got to bring him back in. Same thing with Bane. Like we can't understand a word he's saying. Mm. Christopher Nolan was like, no, no, that no, was fine. That was my intention. I meant to have him so no, barely understand him. Yeah. And then he went and had Tom Hardy re-record everything. We see through your tricks, Hollywood, fancy Hollywood elitist. Who do you think you are? Um, L.A. County uh, did a stay-at-home order for three more months. Cool. As long as those theaters stay closed. Yeah. That that, that was bad news for Tenet. Yeah, it was. Coming out in theaters, let me tell you. Uh, it's at least in July. This July. I, I could see it getting pushed to 2021 at this point. God. I mean, hell, they only put out that one teaser. Ah, that's not fair. That's the thing. They sort of been like hoping no. that just by dint of being the only game in town when theaters open up, uh, even at limited capacity, they they would get all the attention. Any money we made this summer, that that one movie get made with now even much limited marketing. They don't even have to put another trailer at this point. No, they just hey, there's, there's a movie. There's a movie. <laughs> it's new. It's Christopher Nolan. Everyone's like, I'm there, and it's still somehow with like limited capacity seating makes a a good chunk of change. That'd be awesome. That's what they were hoping for. But now L.A. County, all those theaters being closed. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. So instead we get to see Capone. Uh, Justin Trank did Chronicle. Mm-hmm. Which was all right. Which is good. I like it. I enjoy it. It's a fun movie. Low budget. Uh, found footage. Sci-fi. Sci-fi. Superhero origin movie. Uh, that was like, it could have dropped one of those gimmicks. Probably the found footage one. All right. Oh, well. But anyway. It was fine. It was good. Decent actors in it. I mean, I had Michael B. Jordan and, and Dane the Hunt. Followed that up with Fantastic Four. Whoa. I mean, those, those travails have been well well covered mm-hmm. here and elsewhere. Uh, shout out to, uh, uh, to Nicole, past guest Nicole, for uh, helping us out with, uh, again, some inside scoops on that, both on mic and off. Fantastic car. There's, uh, and then, you know, that did so poorly, and he reacted so poorly in the media after that, that it was like he was, uh, persona non grata, it seemed like, that he was never going to get another movie made, that mm-hmm. Josh Trank was done. Well, I mean, after this, he's probably most definitely. You think so? We'll see how successful it is. If it makes enough money, if it gets enough clicks, and makes enough money, Ruben Fleischer get, gets to make more movies. Does he? Venom? was a huge hit. So I think awful. Zombieland 2 did okay. I think it did okay enough. <laughs> it was not good either. It wasn't good. But it did all right financially. He's going to get to keep making movies, Ruben Fleischer. Uh, Josh Trank will continue to get to make movies after this, after Capone. Do we want him to keep making I movies mean, after Capone? No. No. I don't know. I don't think I do. At least he went for something new and different and interesting. Let's, I mean, let's talk about the positives of this movie. Okay, positives. Definitely new, different, interesting. An interesting uh, take on the gangster movie. Uh, uh, That's a positive right there. Yeah. Uh, That's a two, positive air horn. S- some parts of the syphilis were both fun and hilarious. Yes, put that on the poster. <laughs> some parts of the syphilis were fun and hilarious, says Drew Sikogber. <coughs> that, that's definitely, I want to see that on the yeah. poster, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, other parts were gross. Yes. <laughs> and not so fun. <laughs> and not so fun. And hysterical. Uh, Hardy, you know, he Hardy, acts a lot. Hardy killed it. He does a lot of acting. He acted his fucking ass off there, in this movie. Here's a... 
Oh, that's the uh, acting his ass off air horn. He so, really, really I, goes. I, I will give him that. Uh, yeah. And you know, seriously, his supporting cast did a good job too. Well, everyone around him was great. Uh, I, I could have used more Linda Cardellini. She was fantastic as the I, wife. I could have used more Neil Brennan. Neil Brennan. Uh, he pop, pops up for like one scene as a where as a lot of fun. For, he, I mean, of course, I have the co- comedian there for the shittiest slash. You know, it, is was that for comedy? I mean, <laughs> maybe he was friends with someone. I don't know. Maybe he just had a good audition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who knows? It was good, though. No, it was fine. That one a little bit. Um, good supporting cast. Everyone around him is fine. Mm-hmm. Weird movie that explicitly says at the beginning, it's the last year of his life. He is uh, suffering from neurosyphilis. And uh, and then I was like, here you go. Yeah. And it mm-hmm. starts with a Thanksgiving dinner, yeah. and then it ends Thanksgiving one year later. Um, so the, the, the approach is like, all right. You found a different way. It could yeah. have been just... When I heard Hardy Capone, it's like, hey, who gives a shit about this fucking old gangster? I, I tell you what, though. The uh, the shot in the mirror of Tom Hardy as young Capone makes me want to see Tom Hardy as young Capone. Yeah, or just like, <laughs> a, a gangster. Well, he's already tried that with the I Legend know. movie, right? And, well, he, yeah. What else? Did he do any other well, gangster that, uh, What was the movie where he got his fucking throat slit? Oh, hillbilly gangster! Yeah. Oh, lawless! There we go. Yeah, he was a hillbilly gangster and lawless. Yeah. The original that was based on a book, and the original title of the movie was "The Wettest County in Kentucky or Texas or something." Yeah, the Wettest County. That's not, that's a fun title. Yeah. Uh, but then he expected to see some boobs. There are no boobs in the movie, really. So that could have been misleading. The uh, I'm trying. I'm trying to do some more good stuff. I mean the the Matt Dillon. The final stroke scene was great. Uh the final stroke. The, <laughs> this is the final master stroke, if you will. The uh yes, some of the that's that was wacky as fuck. So there's a lot of the movie where it's what's real, what's he imagining, uh and the movie doesn't let you too much on no, what is real. On either of those. Yeah. yeah. It tricks you in some ways, maybe. Yeah. So the uh Well shit, I'm not even hundred percent sure that Matt Dillon's yeah, how real was his character? Is character, it there or not? Yeah. At, at what point was he? Who is he? At, was he ever? How is this? Yes. And, and then the movie does things to make make you think one thing. But then it really it's something else. What is it? So uh, some of that stuff works. Oh, like some of the Matt Dillon Some of it works, doesn't. You know, some of it does not. So he, you get... It, it starts getting into the world of David Lynch where we're going to do some surreal, weird stuff and it's not necessarily going to connect to one thing before it or after And it. I'm not going to hold your hand and tell you what's going on. And sometimes that's like, <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, you got me here. This is That gave me a weird feeling. And then sometimes you're just like... Why? <laughs> <laughs> okay, can we, can we move on to the next thing? Um, so this definitely has that. With more skewing towards like, ugh. Mm. Versus, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, definitely. The, the good to buch ratio is leans towards buch. Uh, the so that's a good things. Oh, and it's under and two hours, thing. it's under two hours. No, that's probably the bad thing, right? It was, like, it was like an hour and 40 something, yeah. Oh, yeah, there's also some bad things in there, but then the bad things, wow, how could movies like, well, first off, I didn't give a shit about there's like two running threads of the movie, uh huh. Uh, he has this illegitimate son. Who keeps, who keeps calling. Don't care don't, at all. Don't never, not once, any given reason to care. Is even real. I don't know. And um, 
apparently there's money. He has $10 million hidden somewhere. Don't care about that either. And he can't remember, and other people want to figure out where it is. And they keep coming back to that. And it's so secondary. The only reason you're there anyway is to see Capone go crazy. (laughs) Right? You want this... uh, That's the fun part of the movie. Yeah, his terrible nightmare of a life as he dies. That's what we're here for. Uh Uh, so anytime it's like investigators or like yeah. you gotta find out where the money yeah. is or anything it's like oh, boy, what? oh man the uh, the shining scene that was weird where he walks into the party that's not really happening oh yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a number of things hey yeah that are weird like whoa that's weird but then like you said it's the shining scene it's just yeah. been taken from another movie yeah it anyway. has been yeah totally oh how about the balls of this movie to have it's uh do like oh, 12 but- minutes worth of scenes before then it's like Capone. Yeah, and then the title credits run. All oh, the opening credits directed yeah. by like, uh, over shots of like trees yeah. and water and uh-huh. shit. Yeah. Twelve minutes and forty five seconds in the movie. The balls of this day movie. It opens with that Capone. Twelve minutes in. And then ends with over black Capone yeah. again. Like, did you forget the name of this movie? Capone. No, I did not. So I ain't never gonna forget the name of this movie. You almost said this came out in theaters, you could have been cats twenty twenty. Yeah. This definitely. Is, some of this is so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I think it's the biggest sin, at least for me, Drew. Even at under an hour and 50 minutes, for the most part, like I said, because of the, those story plots that just meander and don't pay off, mm-hmm. uh, movies are boring. Yeah, no, totally, 100%. Wow. It's bored, yeah. a straight up bored. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, unless Tom Hardy looked like he was about to either stroke out or mm-hmm. kill somebody, yeah. like, I didn't care at all. Right, until, like, until it looked like he was going to do like, something. Like, until he got those looks in his eyes. Yeah, but... But mostly he just like looked befuddled no. with uh, ugly looking like blood eye contacts. No. Uh, that that makeup, that like old man fucked up face makeup, mm-hmm. which is like sometimes look good, sometimes you can see when you like it, the bending. It all on depended the, on the light. The lighting, yeah, the lighting was very important. Uh, it's a very un- between that and the one, two, three, I think four shittings. Three visible shittings, mm-hmm. and then a fourth, like, implied one, heavily implied one. Yeah. Uh, between that and all the shittings, this is a gross movie. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Pretty gross. And I, never, I mean, yeah. for some people, uh, it's gross in a fun way. But hey, man, syphilis is a bitch. Syphilis is a, um, what'd you call it before? Fun, hysterical? <laughs> partly bitch. fun, partly hysterical. hysterical. Mostly a bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey. Uh, just tiny screws going into your little yellow corkscrews that turn your brain to Swiss cheese. Just his brain. That, that's what Kurt Vonnegut said. That's the neuro. That's the neuro one. Yeah. So that's so. Otherwise, you're fine, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can live uh, practically forever. Well, yeah. Almost like he did. I mean, how old is he? Sixties? Uh, maybe. I, I mean, he said he was forty something in the movie, so probably he. I think he died before he was fifty. Ooh. He looked terrible. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this movie was, uh, in some ways, just a stone cold bummer. Yeah, no, oh, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, unless you are like a Tom Hardy completionist, there's really no need to see this movie. Yeah, unless you want to see Hardy do his thing, run around and get a little bit of Kyle McLaughlin. I think you get about three scenes of McLaughlin. No, uh, you get a uh, get again, one scene with Neil Brennan. One Neil Brennan. You get some Linda Cardellini throughout, but she's just there just to be like the supportive. Uh, wife. I mean, she does her best with what she has. And then, of course, Matt Dillon. I mean, yeah, it's like... No. Cap one. Cap none. Josh Trank. Ah, dude, you should have got yourself an editor. Yep. Um, But you know what? Sometimes, even if the reviews are bad, it all it's not what you know. 
It's who you know. Hmm? You know who Josh Trank knows now. Tom Hardy. And you know what Tom Hardy's working on. It's a lot of shit. He is. A lot of <laughs> shit. One of those things he's working on is a uh, limited series that would be about the creation of the CIA. Um, and it's about, it's being billed as uh, capitalism versus communism. <laughs> and uh, he's uh, producing it, likely the star in it. As long as gonna he... bring, and he's already talking about bringing Josh Trank on board to, to help him make it. I mean, he could direct as long as Who, Trank? as long as somebody else writes it and someone else directs it. I mean, edits it. <laughs> somebody else edits it. Yeah, and he has an executive producer who can fucking put a leash on him. He should just be. A, <laughs> he should just start working in TV. <laughs> Yeah, just just start making a yeah. Go to TV you where to, the you, showrunners in charge. You need to go back to being a craftsman, not an artist, because you can you can make fine movies. Like they look like you can, yeah. they look like movies. They look fine. They look good. They look like movies. You got a sense of production value. It's and, just and your it, it, it's your creative bullshit. It's bro. just that this uh, this is bad. This yeah. is your idea. This is going to be your big comeback from Fantastic Four. No, something. Uh, I, all this. As who far do you think as, you are, Richard Kelly? All all that all this did is put. One more nail in his coffin, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, this is his uh, <laughs> Southland Tales. Uh, yeah, exactly. The box. Yes. Like, what are you? You are not. You are not who you think you are. Someone needs to tell you that. I'm sorry, Josh. That has to be us. No. And apparently, everyone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, no one. No one likes no. this movie. I think it's very poorly reviewed. Yeah. Th- th- this is no mother. This is no upstream color. Oh yeah. It, no, it's no. not that we didn't get it. Well, yeah. <laughs> you're, not, you're not a misunderstood artist. Uh, well, you're misunderstood. <laughs> You're, mis- you're misunderstanding what we want from a movie. What you gave us isn't it. Isn't it. Uh, Zao's Capone. Oof. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, media diets. Uh, what we do in the shadows is pretty fun. Yeah, was Jackie Daytona, bro. Jackie, <laughs> Jackie Daytona. It's some random place in uh, Pennsylvania, right? Was it all fun? Yeah. Or Connecticut, one of the two. Uh, I, uh, I don't remember. Mark Hamill. Uh, Shows up as the... Yeah. Jim. Jim the Vampire. Jim the Vampire. Yeah, he he is a lot of fun. He's fantastic. I like that. It was a lot of slow, heavy episode. It makes it makes sense when I saw him. Too, when I saw, it took me a while to realize that it was Mark Hamill. Uh-huh. But, but once I did, I was like, "Of course, Taika Waititi just worked on the Mandalorian. He has access to that entire stable now." That's so true. <laughs> he he has met George Lucas, so he knows everybody. It's only a matter of time before uh, uh, Chris Hemsworth or Mark Ruffalo shows up in uh, and and what we do yeah. in the shadows. Exactly. Um, yeah, what a great show. That's a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. I like the uh, all the the volleyball stuff. And <laughs> it was ridiculous. And the he's like, "Give me one alcoholic human martini." It's like, "Oh, an aristocrat." And then they're just both like throwing drinks over their shoulders and shit. That was a lot of fun. I'm enjoying the season, man. Yeah, it's great. Oh, that was already episode five or six. I think. I think. So, I yeah. Think, yeah. Oh my goof, my goof. Uh, we're really not watching any other shows at the moment. I should pick something. I and then also another thing is because we're ahead, we're we're recording ahead on our um, Patreon episodes. We're like at the middle of June yeah. at this point. Mm-hmm. The uh, like two nights were spent watching movies, get prepping for the show, yeah. and then other nights and other things. What uh, uh, just working kind of late, recording kind of late, like remote stuff. So. Uh, I've had limited time. That's right. I picked Small up Slack for you. I know. I appreciate that. So, uh, I mean, people know I've been rewatching Twilight Zones mm-hmm. and Simpsons for a few weeks now. Uh, I love the uh, the best part about The Simpsons. All the old movie references. Yeah. 
that I missed the first time around. The yeah, because you didn't get it. Now I'm older. I get yeah. it. I, I mean, have you, points of reference. You want the same thing? Uh, start rewatching Tiny Toon Adventures. Tiny Toon Adventures, yeah. Animaniacs, they went heavy. Oh, Animaniacs, they were even like doing Anima- Bogart references. Yeah. Well, no, exa- well, see, those I understood because I'd watched enough of the original Looney Tunes to where I understood. They made the same references. Yeah, yeah that's true. So I got those. That's true, but Tiny Toons. But is Tiny more, Toons was more for our age. It's very eighties and nineties heavy. Rambo references. And yeah, stuff. no, exactly. Rambo, yeah. Seinfeld, all sorts of weird shit, dude. It's strange. Well, and it's produced by uh, Spielberg, Spielberg yeah. so he can make fun of who he wants. It's true. And Warner Brothers have the rights to all that stuff. Exactly. Um, I watched Shaft from nineteen seventy one. Mm-hmm. I'm going to cause I I didn't watch a Shaft that came out last year, and I thought the commercials were like oh the trailers like oh this looks like might not good but an interesting approach to a new Shaft a new update. Um, and then there, it came out, and the reviews were like, like pretty in the toilet. I was like, fuck. So I haven't seen it, but I want to see it still. So I'm going back first. The original, and then Rewatch the, the original, L, and then the trifecta. Which Yes, exactly. I'm going to pull a trifecta of Shaft, Shaft, and Shaft, because they're all just called no, Shaft, I know. right? And, uh, and then and, also... And only one of them's any good. Well, yeah, so far, <laughs> the 71 one holds up. Like, wow, I mean... Watching it, it's it's incredible how modern uh, Richard Roundtree feels. Mm-hmm. You could pluck him out of this and put him in an Adam McKay movie. The uh, I only saw that two. Th- I think it was two thousand, right? Two thousand one. I didn't watch it. I don't know. I only saw that Shaft one time, maybe. I never saw it. You never even saw it. No. It's got Jeffrey Wright and Christian Bale in it as the bad guys, as dual bad guys. Come on. Interesting. But for some reason, at the time, I was like that. Nah. But I was also only like eighteen years old. I'm gonna revisit it. And then I'll eventually watch the new Shaft, which I think is on HBO. Okay. Uh, but I watched that 1971 Shaft, and man, it's good. It's like, and of course, the music. Come on, that music. All right, that's my media dad. What you got, Drew? Well, I watched a bunch of stuff on Hulu. Let's hear it. Uh, and uh, I just watched a bunch of stuff. Uh, start off, uh, d- just to kill time, I half-watched The Man Who Killed Hitler and then Bigfoot on Hulu. You half-watched it? Yeah, with, so, with Sam Neill. So which half? The, the Hitler half or the Bigfoot half? I mean, I, I just, it was just kind of on while I was doing other things. So yeah, I would sure. just kind of check in every once in a while. Sure, sure. And what, yeah, half, it, what's your half check-in review? Very middling. Yeah. There were some... I mean, Sam Shepard looks awesome all the time, so... That's true. He does look awesome. Yeah. And he sounds awesome. Exactly. So as, long as, as long as he's on screen, I'm happy. The Bigfoot stuff was kind of lame. The Hitler stuff... Actually, the speech he gave about killing Hitler was... Pretty interesting because it's like an alternate history type thing. Look, it's near me. Oh, I killed Hitler in the woods and I left his body for dead. <laughs> but it's fine because I went to, I went to the double deuce. I wouldn't say it's worth watching, but it's not the worst thing I've seen. I think it's like five eyes. <laughs> That's a lot of eyes. <laughs> you stretch the fine scale to its fine. limit. There, it's fine, Miho. You gotta cuss so dang much. Uh, I also watched a movie called Terminal on Hulu. Is that the one with um, Margot Robbie? No, I'm thinking of Simon else. Pegg. Uh, I'm thinking of something else. And, okay. and Mike Myers with and without makeup. What year is this from? A recent, only a couple years ago, I Interesting. think. Interesting. Yeah. What, what's this about? I don't know. Uh, this so it's definitely a Scottish production. Oh, uh, Scottish, you say? Uh, That's what they got, Mike Myers. No, Ma- Scot- Scotland's best actor. Margot Robbie's doing a straight English accent, not not Australian. Okay, English. Okay. Uh, and I, I I planned to put it on as like a once again just to kind of watch in the background. Yeah. And it was decent enough that I actually watched the whole thing. It sucked you in. Yeah. No I mean, shit. it's not really all that great. Like there are issues. Yeah. But it's 
it's super stylized. Yeah. Uh, it's weird and crazy. It's got plot twists that some of them you see coming. Mm. The the really, really big one I did definitely did not see. Mm. Uh, but, I mean, it, it uses Margot Robbie's talents. Uh, she definitely... This has got to be in between... This is probably made in between her Harley iterations. Because it definitely... Because uh... it definitely plays on, like... The crazier side of Margot Robbie, which we've seen, you know, before. So what's that about? Uh, Margot Robbie is a hitman, and there are some other hitmen, and it's like a weird future kind of thing, mm-hmm. and it's all about hitmen and double crossing and okay, weird humor. But it's and Mike Myers is in it in multiple ro- roles. You say yes. Does he reprise his role as the Scottish dad from So I no. Married an Axe Murderer? No, Murderer. Sorry, Married no. an Axe Murderer. No, I'm sorry. He'd. <laughs> but, but he does get to use his accent the whole time. He, so, right? Yeah. He loves doing that. Thing. Is he a makeup too? Yeah. Like crazy makeup? The, the beginning of the movie, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God damn And when I saw it too, and I was like, God, I was like, you really just don't like the way you look. No, do he, you? he thinks everyone, he hates himself, he thinks everyone yeah. hates him. No, exactly. He's like, I'm sorry. But at one point, but he does take off the makeup at the end. And it's the first time I've seen Mike Myers without makeup in probably a decade. Oh, well, and? He, he looks fine. He looks fine with, he looks the, like with, with this movie makeup. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Come it was, on. It's yeah. The movie was actually kind of almost worth watching. All right, maybe I'll I'll add it to the list. Terminal uh, yeah. featuring the return of Wayne Campbell. <laughs> I also watched on Hulu the amazing Jonathan documentary. Uh, the one where uh, it turns out there's like four documentaries being made. That one's super funny. Did you watch it? Yeah, 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 yeah. There. Between that, the, dude. Uh, at the end when he goes to talk to the producer in England about. Uh, the man on wire and st- starting for Sugar Man. Yeah. When he goes over there to be like, hey, did you do this stuff? He's like, no. Yeah. Well, do you want to produce my <laughs> movie? And then he fucking, like, dude, the balls that kid had. And the, Holy and the, shit. And then it ends up being, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's very, that is very funny. Yeah, that was, that was hilarious and very ballsy on his part. He did manage to turn, uh, like, spin gold out of some hay there. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, wow, there's a lot of, um, Matthews in this movie. Well, I mean, yeah. Well, you know, apparently the amazing Jonathan likes his drugs, and he and doesn't he's mind. Totally cool about it. Doesn't mind yeah. if people know. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Fuck it, I, I, I was gonna be dead anyway." Yeah, I do meth just to stay even. Yeah, not even to get high. Nope, that's a bummer. Well, that's because his addiction's so far gone. Yeah, that's oof. that's rough. That's really rough. Someone just gets him in pill form already. Uh then on Netflix, I watched <clears throat> uh, two Jerry Springer. No, no, not Jerry Springer. Jerry Seinfeld Jerry, specials. You watch Jerry Springer specials? No, Jerry Seinfeld specials. Uh, Jerry before Seinfeld. That was the one from a couple years ago, and then his new one, Twenty Three Hours to Kill. And how are they? Eh, it's all right. It's it's. If you don't like Jerry Seinfeld, then you're not gonna like these. Doc- then you're not gonna like these specials. Sure, it's, it's just a, more Jerry. Just uh, kind of. Going over what we already kind of knew about him. Yeah, I mean, the, the Jerry before Seinfeld is definitely, like, him looking back on his career. Yeah. And so, like, it was more of, like, to catch you. Like, if you only knew him from Seinfeld, mm-hmm. then, like, you get some information about his stand-up, his days. stand-up days before that. Yeah. And then more info on Seinfeld. Uh, the, the new specials, all brand new materials. Is so. it from 2019? Uh, no, I think, the, I think it's from early 2020. 2020? Oh, okay. Yeah, for the 23 hours to kill. Uh, he did announce that, this is pretty funny, he signed a big deal with Netflix where they got all seven seasons of 
comedians and cars getting coffee, mm-hmm. and they're like, and we're going to produce season eight, and we're going he's going to do specials, yeah, uh, like all this stuff. Yeah. Um, so they got comedians and cars. They did season eight, and then he was like, I don't know if we're going to do another season of this. <laughs> like he decided to pull yeah. the plug on it after only one more Netflix season. Well, he did a special for him, so he still did the special. Yeah. Uh, well, all right, maybe I'll check it. Out. I've always liked Seinfeld. Yeah. Even though he is part of this old school. Guard of people where it's like, oh, I can't, I can't go, to, I can't do colleges anymore. I'm so offensive to the kids. It's like, you know, no one thinks you're offensive. <laughs> Just don't use the F word for gays and you'll be fine, Jerry. <coughs> what, what your routines about, uh, well, I mean, what does he, what does he even do comedy about anymore? What's, what are, what are kind of the bits of it? Is it still observational? It's, yeah, observational, but not, I mean, he, but, but like rich so, life observational? Well, yeah, but see, so beforehand, you know, he was always the single guy. Mm hmm. He hasn't. So it's all married life observations now. Exactly. This, what it's th- like this is basically kid. this is basically his first time doing work. Yeah. As you know, a father. As a successful married father. Yeah. Don't you hate it? He's With like, all he, of your nannies. He's like, I'm busy. old. I'm white. I'm rich, and I have kids. These are the things that bug me. <laughs> so. Okay. Okay. Huh? Yeah, you guys, do what you know. Uh, and then I watched uh, the entire season. Uh, of the series Trial by Media on Netflix. It's uh, co-executive produced by George Clooney. Okay. But, it, but they go back over, like, the earliest really big court cases that got covered by the media. Starting with uh, Big Dance Tavern in 1983. The first of them all. The, the first televised uh, court case ever. First televised interesting. In 1983. Okay. And then it, and there are six episodes and it basically just talks, it go, goes from then and it goes all the way up to the uh, Ron, the, uh, Ron Blagojevich scandal. Blagojevich? That was 2008, 2007? Yeah. So it goes through and, and it, it goes through six different th- inferences it, yeah. and now since you know most of this happened in the past, yeah. they get to interview the prosecutors and the defense attorneys, mm. everybody talks about it very casually, yeah. you know, about what happened and how they did it and this, that, the other. Mm. And then it kind of lets you weigh, you know, in your own head, mm. if, you know, the media should be covering trials, you know, the consequences of those things, so on and so forth. Is one of them uh, the OJ trial? No. How did they not do that? Because court- it's it's probably the one that got done the most. Probably, right. It's the most so, obvious one. The court TV yeah, was like, Built on the back of the OJ trial. Uh, so uh, it started off uh, with episode one. The uh, sorry, with episode one. No, episode one is the uh, the Jenny Jones murder. The the dude who was on the Jenny Jones show and then murdered the dude who said he was gay and wanted to date him. Oh yeah yeah yeah, I remember from that. the nineties. Yeah. Uh, episode two was the subway vigilante from the eighties. Okay. No, from, from the seventies. From the seventies, seventies or eighties, seventies. Seventies or eighties in in New York. Ladies, Bernie gets. Yes. Yeah. What Bernie wants, Bernie gets. Uh, episode three was the Amadou Diallo story, the guy who got shot forty-one times. Yeah, in his uh, in his doorway. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Go, going for his wallet. Uh, so he was like, "No, oh, here's my ID. I live here." And then was it four cops? Yep, four cops. Four cops shot four, forty-one, 41 times. times. Remember, one of the bullets went through. I just remember this from living in New York. One oh, of the yeah. bu- one of the bullets went through the bottom of his foot. And came out of his like thigh or kneecap. So, yeah, so he was on the ground he was, dead. He was on the ground laying <laughs> on his back when they were yeah. fucking cops. Uh, episode four was the uh, Health South fiasco. I don't know this one. Uh, so Health South was like a big thing in the nineties, uh-huh. uh, and uh, the dude who ran it was you know basically just you know fraud, fraud, fraud. Oh, so it's a fraud trial. Yeah. Oh, 
But that got a lot of play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Got a lot of play. Huh. All right. Uh, episode five was the one that the, the first one of them all, the big dance tavern thing, which I've never heard of. From uh, what, where did it? Ha- it was in Rhode Island, I think. Time uh, in Rhode Island. Uh, but, uh, some uh, some girl got gang raped on a bar in a bar mm-hmm. on the pool table with people watching and cheering. Was it like the uh, basis for the accused or something? Basic. I mean, it's the one that started it all. Jesus. So yeah. And then episode six was the Ron Blagojevich. And, you know, all, all, all the shit that happened with him, blah, blah, blah. And then he even finished with most recently. And he was recently uh, pardoned by Donald Trump. He was pardoned. Because fuck <laughs> it. Get him out of there. He's a fine man. Uh, and then on YouTube, I watched... Uh, there's this weekly show called Reunited Apart oh, with Josh Gad. Reunited. And it's basically just you're watching a Zoom conference about with Josh Gad hosting, uh, and he gets old uh, movie producers and directors and the actors together to talk about the movies that they made back mm-hmm. in, you know, basically movies that he likes. So he, he gets to dork out a lot. Uh, the first episode was about the Goonies. second one was Back to the Future. Nice had everybody involved actors directors you name it they were there it's uh it's an interesting watch so it's like one episode's goonies one episode's back to the future yes and how long is each up uh about a half hour 45 minutes depending oh it's not too bad yeah it's pretty good and it's still like entertaining and fun even though it's just people it's just a zoom conference yeah well because you're just well, watching a conference call well because a lot of these people haven't seen each other in how long so true and you know, um, you know, some of these stars have gone on to be bigger and brighter than some of their co-stars. Blah right, this, yeah. blah that. So it's a fun, weird dynamic. Mm. It's totally worth watching. Interesting. They got Michael J. Fox. Yeah. Okay. They got Christopher Lloyd. Yes. Wow. They got uh, what's her face? Leah Thompson. Yes, Leah Thompson's on better, there. Better get Leah uh, Thompson. They got goddamn star. Uh, uh, goddamn star. Uh, Tom Wilson. Say what? Tom Wilson. Who's Tom Wilson? Biff. No, no Biff. <gasps> Sorry, no Biff. <gasps> uh, they got the director. Robert Zemeckis. Yep. Yeah. They got uh, Spielberg, obviously. For both episodes? Uh, no, Spielberg was on the Good News one, actually. Yeah, because he did produce both. Yeah. Uh, Chris Columbus was on one of the episodes. That would be the Good News one, probably. No. Yeah. Uh, they had J.J. Abrams come in on the Back to the Future one to oh. ask questions. Oh, that's fun. Uh, Celebrity questionnaire to yeah. Rooms. It was right. It was, it was good stuff. Yeah. Wow. I've never really liked Josh Gad all that much. I haven't disliked you know, him seriously, anything. You know, seriously, I haven't liked him anything. I was also unaware that he was the snowman in the Frozen movies. Yeah. He's uh, Olaf. So that motherfucker's got Frozen stuff everywhere, and I'm sure the bank account to, that co-longs yeah. with, with it. He sees that Frozen stuff, and it just warms his heart. He's yeah. like, oh, this but is... It also warms his bank account. He's like, yes, <laughs> make me rich. Make me rich. So um, I agree. No, I, I'm, I haven't seen anything that I liked him in, but watching this... He's like, like it, affable enough. He's it, Chris, it might as well, like, if you... Had Hollywood connections, yeah. you could do something like this. Because it's just a guy talking to people and not being uh, obnoxious about it. Well, and almost at some point in time, like totally geeking out too. Oh, I mean, how can you? Because do that? he's how, our. How can you? Because he's our yeah, age. So. That's true. He is. Right? <laughs> he's one of our contemporaries. Yeah. I would even say maybe. Exactly. Oh well, maybe I'm have to check it out then. That's on YouTube. On YouTube, yes, it's called Reunited Apart with Josh Gad. Got the Goonies, and, and got it's uh, it's a definitely a COVID nineteen thing. So oh, it's yeah. not going to be around forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. Uh, yeah, this COVID shit's crazy. Um, all right, and, and now, 
That is my media diet. That's your media diet. Holy cow. I watched a lot of stuff. And that's the end of oh, the media diet section oh. air horn, making it a rule of threes for air horns. Each of those trial by media episodes are like an hour long, too, by the way. It's not just like half hour episodes. Oh, really? Yeah. Six of them an hour long. Yeah. Maybe I'll jump on that one. That sounds like a good one to jump on. It's almost like a, a true crime thing, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it, it really talks about the media's influence on on all of it. Right. So. Which is an interesting uh, perspective, interesting yeah. take. I mean, it's kind of also with the people where Zoja was getting into a little bit. Um. Okay. Let's see here. We're at 40. We're doing pretty good on time. Let's take a break. We'll be right back with the second half of the show. I got a song for you guys that I did on the little groove path thing. It's like a song that I produced. I didn't write it. I know. I don't know what you call it. I just put the elements together in the way that I found was pleasing to my ear. And I think it'll be pleasing to yours as well. And I need the title. This song is called... Um, What's the name of the song, Drew? This song is called... This song is called Fury Road, Shirley Bassey. I was going to say... Tales from the Dark Side. Yeah, I was. I did pick that and that. Yeah, I was... Well, let's do, let's do that for everything. That's what it is. Yeah. Uh, I already forgot what I said. Fe- uh, damn it. Guys, I hope you enjoyed this weird <laughs> song, and then we'll be back. But the second half of the show, we have some comments on the Facebook group. No emails, I believe, but we do have tons of news stories. So here we go.
All right, we are back with the second half. Hope you enjoyed that ditty. And before we get into the, the meat and the bones of the second half, we are going to do a quick Billy D's Death at the Movies. He sent us an email. Uh, in his email, says, I am alive. I've been working 16-hour days for the past month straight. I only know work and brief moments of social media. Stay healthy, dudes. And here is his Billy D's Death at the Movies update. Uh, it says, Blood Quantum. Ooh. I wonder what this is about. Let's find out. Okay. What's up, my dudes? I have not been taken out by the virus. I have been working insane hours for the last six weeks, slinging that COVID content. I only momentarily was able to sit down and watch a film for the first time in a month the other day while kicking out a render. That movie was Blood Quantum, a Shutter exclusive that kicked off last year's Midnight Madness portion of the 2019 Toronto International Film Festival. And given today's global... Uh, situation, Jeff Barnaby seems like a filmmaker who had some amount of foresight when he set out to make a film about the indigenous community he's from. He made a zombie film about a reservation in Quebec and how they decide whether or not to help the white people in the surrounding areas once they discover that they are immune. To quote the filmmaker, what would be better for our planet than just turning all these parasites into fertilizer? It's like turning the stupid fucking white man into something the planet could actually use. I'm always impressed when a well-made indie horror film crosses my desk. What some people are capable of doing with limited resources to me is more impressive than having all the resources in the world and still coming up short. The editing, production design, and cinematography of Blood Quantum are stellar. The gore effects get top marks, and while some of the performances may be a little stiff, I'm willing to overlook that for the ideas being presented. And this film is full of incredible things worth talking about and exploring, just like Romero's original trilogy of films. And one of the great things about Blood Quantum is that it's a primarily native production, shot in the communities where Barnaby grew up, about the post-colonial native experience filtered through the lens of what happens when society collapses and the powerless are left in positions of power. A very heady experience for a zombie film with dick fighting. I'm excited to see where Barnaby goes from here and I'd love to see more native and indigenous stories on streaming services. Shudder seems to actually be spearheading a movement of getting these stories to the masses with Blood Quantum and the Deadlands. So catch Blood Quantum now on Shutter in the U.S. and Crave in Canada. Stay cool, Billy D. All right. Thanks, Bill. We appreciate it, buddy. Hope you're doing good up there. Pandemic Central NYC. Uh, if he's still there, is he back there or did he? I have no idea. I don't know where he's at. He could be an underground bunker in Pennsylvania <clears throat> for somewhere for all I know. Uh, but he appreciated that uh, apparently, according to him, stunning looking zombie film. Just when he thought we were done with zombie movies and they could never make a good one ever again. Along comes Blood Quantum. Drew, you ready for a new zombie movie? Not really. Yeah, I know, right? But hey, if he says it's good, it must be good. I gotta get on that Shutter app, at least for like a month or two. Because it got a lot of good uh, horror movie things on there. Go for it, dude. Uh, that one, I still haven't seen it. One one cut of the one dead. Cut of dead. That's on there. Yeah. Right? You mm-hmm. raved about that. Yeah. Uh, well, Mandy's on there. Because one cut of the dead is more of a movie about filmmaking but, than it is about I mean, it's also about zombies, mm. but... But they found something new, something interesting, mm. right? Something different. Uh, he liked Blood Quantum. Uh, it's still possible to take these tired genres and do a train to Busan. Yeah. It's possible. They don't all gotta be shit. Uh, you know, a quick way to tell if it's shit, if they just uh, make a zombie movie and they call it Something of the Dead. Mm. Especially if it's not a George Romero movie. Mm. You know how you know it's not a George Romero movie? Because he's been dead for a few years. There we go. So ain't no way any new of the dead movie is going to be good. Just hack shit. Hack shit. 
Speaking of hack shit, welcome to Cinema Crespedisa. Uh You can follow us on Instagram, Cinema Crespedisa, Twitter, at Crespedisa, Facebook, Cinema Crespedisa. We put up a comment question thread people can use. Uh, you can email us, cinemacrespedisa at gmail.com. No one emailed us this week, but that's fine, because we have these comments from Facebook. Drew, take it away. Uh, Gabe has an armed response review. What's up, Gabe? This has Wesley Snipes and Hatch and Seth Rollins for you wrestling fans. Seth Rollins, yeah, he's that guy. This is a movie made by people who went to film school. Okay. This is a movie made by people in the entertainment industry. Okay. This is bad. Whoa. The best parts are that it's visually visible and it's technically a movie. You know what? That's similar to a Capone. A Capone review. I've seen more compelling stuff on YouTube Mm. for whatever that's worth. As I read this sentence while watching it, the editing slash pacing slash score don't help hide a lot of the problems. Mm. This is slightly higher than a Sharknado, and I never saw a Sharknado. Dang, that sounds terrible. That sounds really bad. Mm -hmm. Sorry you you watched such a a foul mess of a film, Uh, but you did it for our entertainment. Well, at least in terms of giving us a review. And Cremella. Oh, what up, Cremella? Now that you've seen Capone, what is your favorite Tom Hardy movie? Okay. Let's go ahead and take Inception and Mad Max off the books. Ooh. I'm going with Bronson. Hey. Hardy and Refn are a match made in heaven, and I hope they work together again. Sure, Bronson, the movie that uh, put Tom Hardy and Nicholas Winning Refn on a lot of people's maps I saw at the exact same time. I saw that movie without knowing who either of them were. Mm, well, yeah. And then after the movie, it's like, so who are these guys? Right. <laughs> it is one of those things. I didn't know who Tom Hardy was. <clears throat> I just knew it was a crazy movie with a batshit performance from yep. some dude. Um, I wasn't even told. I, I was just. I was told, hey, there's this art movie that we're going to go see. You should come. Yeah, in the theater. Like, what? Okay. Uh, I rented it on DVD knowing that. Thanks, Ron B. Long B. Changlewood. Ron B. Long B. Changlewood. Knowing that um, Refn had made these uh, Stander. Stander? Pusher. Pusher. Stander's Thomas Jane. Yes. The Pusher movies. Yeah, the first one had <laughs> Matt Mickelson. Yes, exactly. Uh, so I already knew those existed. And like, he was, oh, he's a guy who's on like these kind of crime movies. Um, but then seeing Bron- I wasn't prepared for the, the arty yeah. weirdness of Bronson, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, then after that was Valhalla Rising and then Drive. So I was like, holy shit, this guy. Um... Thomas Hardy, best performance. I mean, just going ahead and taking away his most popular ones with Inception and Mad Max. Are they his best? I don't know, but they're his most popular. I mean, you got all his heat mass he, performances with Bane and, say, and Dunkirk. He did. Uh, he says Bronson, and that's a good one. I mean, but if that's off the table now because he it's picked off, it, it's, it's off the table. That, the, then I'm just gonna have to go with Locke. Oh yeah, because that was the first time where I was like, okay, fucking Tom, goddamn Hardy. He's like, I have to make a phone call uh, <laughs> to my wife, my darling, my my girlfriend. I'm going to see my pregnant mistress <laughs> in Belfast. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, baby. I told you you would. This what happened when you married me in the shadows. I said. In the shadows. In the shadows. I said I had a mistress, but he didn't listen. Uh, that uh, lock is a very good performance. Yeah. Very good performance. Uh, one of the best, uh, like, person stuck in the single location movies mm-hmm. ever. Tom, I mean, Tom Hardy plus car equals lock. Yeah. And either that it. or Colin Farrell in a phone booth. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Definitely go with uh, Tom Hardy in a car for mm-hmm. that one for sure. Uh, that's a great answer. Mm-hmm. That's a great answer. 
there's also he's done some guy Richie. He was in Rock and yeah, Roll. Yeah, right, he was. Yeah, yeah. He he played a poof. He played a real poof, a real poof in that one. They kept calling him a poof, uh, but he was fun. Yeah. He got. He got. He's, to, he's like. He got to make out. He's having a good time in that he, one. He got to make out and slow dance with Jared Butler. I don't remember to make out. He made out with Jared Butler in that. I think they talked about them making out. See, that's different. If they talk yeah. about, I think it, that's maybe one they talked thing. about it. They, just they like, definitely slow dance. He's like, let me make out with you. Uh, I need to rewatch that movie. That's a fun. It's got Toby Kebbell, yeah. Jared Butler's the lead, with Tom Hardy. Who else is in that? That was a lot. It's a classic Guy Ritchie. Yeah, crazy guess. Uh, I'm gonna go with let me see for performance then obviously I'm gonna have to go with the drop where he uh, shuffled around and mumbled with the James Gandolfini okay remember that one no yeah, it was not good he's done so many shuffling mumbling movies they're all the like he's a great actor and all and does a lot of interesting stuff but he also has his share of like shuffling mumbles like come on man no. like you get into the Jeff Bridges stage of your career way too early <laughs> You're not supposed to be there yet. Yeah, you're supposed to be an old man first. You're an old man at 40. He's also mentioned recently uh, stopping acting uh, soon. He feels like he's like, I'm already kind of done with all this shit. Okay. So we'll see if he what happens when he does. Yeah, Tom Hardy, there we go. Uh, and if it's going to do more movies like Capone, uh, yeah, you can stop That's fine. Yeah, no, I'm, you I agree. You don't have to debase yourself anymore yeah. for our entertainment. Mm-hmm. You got money. I think you're fine. Uh, you can always come back for, uh, like, Bane 2 or something. Or, uh, yeah. we'll, fi- we'll find a way. DC will find a way. So, uh, that's it for our Facebook group questions there. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's see. Then we got a bunch of new stories. Let's jump into the, some of these things that we were teasing already in the first half. For example, uh, we have um, things coming to VOD and things going to theaters uh, with, with different circumstances for all of them. They filmed, like, in 2017... A live performance of Hamilton. Mm-hmm. This is back when they still could pretty much get the entire original cast mm-hmm. of Hamilton during the craze, the height of the craze. Um, they filmed it with intentions of releasing it in theaters. It, it right so it bounced around for a bit, ended up with Disney. Mm-hmm. They had a plan that got all fucked up. Mm-hmm. Their plan was, uh, and already it came out uh, like Hulu or something, um, a like filmed version of a Lynn Manuel Miranda uh, stage show from like the early to mid two thousands. Okay, and then uh, this summer was going to be um, in the Heights. Oh no! Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. I, I just saw the trailer. Right, and uh, and then next year was going to be theatrical Hamilton. Oh, okay. So it was going to be a build up. Yeah, which would have also mirrored. Manuel Miranda's own uh, output. Mm-hmm. That's all fucked up now. So that thing that came out on streaming still came out, but in the Heights got pushed the next summer. They weren't going to push Hamilton another additional year after that. So it just got dumped to Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. Disney spent $75 million to acquire this thing, Ooh. and now they're losing out on 50 to $75 million theatrical on top of then the, uh, the VOD after theatrical... Um, shelf life money I, that you make. That's all right. I'm sure they made enough money last year. Mm. Who? Disney. Yeah, but I mean, you want to keep making money. Now they're losing money. They made a lot of money last year, but now they're losing it. True. That's not how business works, buddy. They're still coming out on top. That's not how business works. Oh, you like it when Disney comes out on top, don't you? Hi-yo! Mm-hmm. That was a sexy all mm-hmm. for, for people. Um, this is how you know a movie's going to be good or not. Or whether they hope it's going to be good or not. Edgar Wright's Last Night in Soho 
his uh, psychological thriller horror film that he was working on, supposed to come out this year, got pushed to 2021. Hey, well, at least they have faith in it. So they got some faith in that one. That's supposed to be along the lines of a repulsion or um, uh, Don't Look Now, okay. which uh, I've mentioned recently on the show, Donald Sullivan. This is um, Edgar Wright explaining what the movie is about. There's something I have in common with the lead character in that I'm afflicted with nostalgia for a decade I didn't live in. You'd think about 60s London. What would that be like? Imagine if you knew everything you knew now and went back. I'm taking a premise whereby you have a character who in a sort of abstract way gets to travel in time. And the reality of the decade is maybe not what she imagines. It has an element of be careful what you wish for. Last night in Soho being pushed to 2021. Cool. Uh, and then the cast me was like, I, uh, let me see, like Thomason McKenzie is listed as being from Jojo Rabbit. I don't know who that is. Okay. Thomas McKenzie. Uh, Anya Taylor-Joy is in it. Matt Smith, who is uh, one of the doctors in Doctor Who. Uh, someone from Game of Thrones. Ooh, Terrence Stamp. He's an old man. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Those are your... That's where we come into theaters. Speaking of coming to theaters. Now, there's another thing. Okay, so we have movies that have to make the choice of delay or stream. Mm-hmm. Okay. But now you have this. This is weird. Not weird. Opportunistic. Someone has a Russell Crowe thriller. I've seen stuff on that on Facebook, I think. Yes. The trailer plopped. And it's called uh, Unhinged, I think. And it is a Road Rage movie. Okay. All right. Very simple premise Road Rage movie. Very cheap. Um, Tiny Little Studios. Solstice Studios. Originally had it supposed to come out in September. They gave mm-hmm. it a little September release date. They changed that release date, Drew, to... Today. J- July 1st. Okay. Yes. They did that after speaking with uh, the National Association of Theater Owners, a.k.a. NATO. As we all know, the NATO is a very powerful organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, Open of Unhinged will comply with all state public health department guidelines, they say... And uh, essentially what they're doing is they're hoping theaters are going to start being op- opening up. And with the lack of options, else, people, yes, will go see people will go see the Russell Crowe movie. Even if there's only a small audience, they potentially can make as much, if not more money, with this gambit, if it works, than releasing the movie in September. In a normal September market. There's actually another Russell Crowe movie that I saw trailers for. It must be like a small independent thing, and I'm sure it went straight to VOD. But oh, yeah? the... Uh, the true story of the Kelly gang? Yes. Yes, I've heard of that one as well. That looks interesting. And I think that's Justin Kurzel, Kurzel, the guy who did um, the Whispery Macbeth. Ah, Macbeth, okay. The Dusty Macbeth. Oh, yeah. and, uh, and then Assassin's Creed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think it's Justin Kurzel. Did it look dusty? It did. <laughs> it did. Yeah. It looked dusty and fiery. Yeah. Whole, and it, but it, but it's also it's got the uh, the kid from 1917 in it. Um. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, they love Ned Kelly down there in Australia. They mm-hmm. love we love all Ned Kelly. Um, uh, Heath Ledger did a Ned Kelly movie with Orlando Bloom. Yeah, he did. Yeah. You're right. Uh, they love him because he put on a bunch of pots and pans and then like stormed out of a house and got himself shot up. Idiot. We love Ned Kelly. <laughs> don't don't you talk about all patron saints, patron saint of shithood. Shut up, Russell. That sounds like a very Florida man thing. Australia, Florida, same, <laughs> same difference. Same, same difference. 
Florida Santa, Australian Santa. Yeah. Same guy. Okay, gotcha. Uh, meanwhile, IFC Films, they have a, a, a movie called The Nest. It's a Jude Law movie. It's, um, you ever see <clears throat> from 2011, the Elizabeth Olsen, John Hawks movie, Colts movie, Martha, Marcy, May, Marlene. Nope. It's a very well made uh, movie about a cult and like someone trying to get a girl out of this cult and uh, the brainwashing and all that stuff. John Hawk, John Hawks plays a cult leader, charismatic cult leader. Uh, this is that guy's like second movie. He made that movie in 2011, and now 2020, here comes his second film. So a long time between movies. IFC has it. It has Jude Law and Carrie Coon. It's about a, it's about a, 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 a charismatic entrepreneur, Jude Law, real kids' wife, Carrie Coon, and her children from suburban America to his Knights of England with ambitious dreams of profiting from booming 1980s London. Oh, my throat's closing up. Hold on. Come on, Chris. Co- you can co- do it. Covid's get me. Or maybe you're allergic to something. Vodka. Maybe bad. I got scared. I scared myself for a second. Um. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, so it's just about family struggling to adapt in, in the smoldering drama in England. Uh, but here's the thing. So it's IFC Films. IFC is absolutely no stranger to VOD. Mm-hmm. They prefer actually to do VOD distribution. It works better for their small model and the size of their movies. But the Nest, however, Drew, they are determined to put out in theaters in September. All right. So they're giving a September release date. They're not backing off from it. So expect an interesting film. It's probably pretty well made. Maybe it'll actually be in a theater. Who knows? That we can see. With our eyeballs. Only time will tell, Chris. Only time will tell. Speaking of time and telling, Tenet, Robert Pattinson, mm-hmm. did a, it's a big old GQ uh, uh, profile interview thing. Mm-hmm. And I had a very interesting quote about Tenet, about the plot. He says, specifically about his character, he's not a time traveler. There's actually no time traveling. That's like the one thing I'm approved to say. End quote. So here we go. We have a bit of approval on tenant information. Things are still going backwards. They're going backwards until it gets a point, then they're going forwards again. And I still don't, I I still don't know if he fell backwards out of the building or if he jumped up the building. Is he he climbing up the roof? Is he jumping backwards? What's going on here? I don't know what's going on. Is he doing both? Is he doing the first? I don't know. Uh, okay, let's see. We have another... Oh, this is a... Interesting. The UK government says TV and film shoots can resume once producers put safety plans into place. Um, so that's good news for a number of productions, specifically for our own personal taste. The Batman. Cool. Speaking of Rob Pattinson. So the Batman shooting in London. It's been shut down for a minute. So hopefully they can start getting it up and running slowly but surely. That's also been pushed back to... Uh, well, the production's been pushed back. I don't think they actually pushed the release date back yet because it's supposed to come out in 2021. We'll anyway. S- we'll see what happens. It's all dominoes. Everything's getting uh, getting moved down the line. Hey, speaking of uh, your new favorite guy here, Josh Gad. He's not my new favorite guy. So, uh, Drew's favorite movie star will be appearing <laughs> in, uh, in a movie from one of your favorite directors, Roland Emmerich. <laughs> God. <laughs> I'm really destroying the Drew Sikagman lore here in one fell swoop. Um, it's going to be an awful movie. Well, oh my goodness. 
I hope it's awful based on this premise. Moonfall. We talked about this in the past. Yes. Yes. Moonfall. Yes, it, it took a big step forward here. Uh, Josh Gad just got cast in what sounds like sort of a lead role. Okay. Good for him. So is this going to be a comedy? Um, maybe he'll, maybe Josh Gad will try and moon the moon. To send it back into orbit. Mm-hmm. I'll fix the moon. Uh, it follows a ragtag team sent on a seemingly impossible mission to land on the lunar surface and save humanity. Uh, what happens is that the moon gets knocked. A mysterious force knocks the moon from its orbit, set it to collide with Earth. So they have just weeks before impact, and they have to save humanity. This Fun. is from uh, THR's description of the film, Hollywood Reporter. Gad will play uh, Casey Houseman, an odd and unkempt character that reads fat. Mm-hmm. Fat and gross. Uh, with a high level of intelligence and an equally high level of disorganization. Ooh. So he's going to be the smart guy. He's a genius who correctly predicts that the moon has fallen out of its orbit, thus making the space-obsessed, profoundly unfiltered, and eccentric man one of the most important people on Earth. Oh, I bet he's autistic. I bet he's playing all... Right? Mm, definitely on the spectrum. Fat slob autistic guy saves Earth from moon uh, smash. Okay. They should have called the Moon Smash. I think it's a better title than Moonfall. Yeah. Moonfall is fine. Sounds much like Skyfall. It does. Moon Smash sounds like it's dynamic. Uh, sounds like it would be great. Then when you put but it, it also over sounds to the like video a, game, sounds like a B movie. That's what we're making. <laughs> this is a Roland Emmerich movie, is it not? It's as B movie as it gets. Speaking of B movie, Predator, one of the ultimate B movies. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Shouldn't be good. No, but it is. Bunch of commandos fighting the alien in the jungle. Oh, that was so good. Predator colon hunting grounds is a video game. Okay. All right. Uh, A video game with DLC. Okay. The first bit of DLC is free. Okay. And then the rest you got to pay for. So just a heads up for people into this kind of stuff. This is why I'm interested in this. In order to make Predator hunting grounds the game we envisioned it to be, this is a... Whoever made it. A PlayStation blog post. Yeah, official post. Oh, excuse me. Uh, it had to include Dutch's story and bring him back into the universe. Dutch being mm-hmm. Arnold character. We have created two different items for the community in order to do this. The first is a free update available for all players who own the game. Players will be able to learn where Dutch has been all these years and hear his story in his own words through a series of voice tapes that you earn as you level up. So they're filling in the gap between OG, Predator, and their video game story. Dutch is involved in the whole thing, and they got they paid up the dough, they ponied it up to Arnold for Arnold. Arnold is telling you about the timeless. I was in Guatemala and had to fight the, the, the predator, and he was invisible, but that's fine because I covered myself with mud. And then I could, then he couldn't see me anymore. And I was like, You want ugly motherfucker. Uh, in addition to being able to play as Dutch, you get access to the QR5 hammerhead rifle. Ooh, wow. And Duchess Knife, holy cow! Video games are cool, aren't they, Drew? They can be. You love yourself a video game, come on, admit it. I do. Admit when, it. when they're good. Admit it. Um, it doesn't say what kind of game this is or anything like that, though. The first Predator Hunting Grounds DLC pack is available starting May 26, 2020. Well, it must already be out, and if I don't know about it, then it must not be that good. Oh, the game itself mm-hmm. versus the DLC? Mm-hmm. There you go. If you don't know about it, then it ain't good. Moving on. Speaking of not good, 
you know how Netflix has been doing. Uh, I find it interesting. They're, these are supposedly our top ten things mm-hmm. being streamed yeah. now uh, in America, yeah. right? Or sometimes even worldwide, it'll say. Whatever. Uh, there's a movie that came out with a, at the time of this Sargo being posted on May 14th, 0% audience score. Mm-hmm. And yet Netflix claims it's like the number two streamed movie worldwide. I will say the couple of times I've seen it referenced by people in my social media streams, it has been only to shit on it and tell others to not watch it. It's this movie called John Henry. It's on Netflix. Okay. Uh, stars Terry Crews and Ludacris. Okay. Terry Crews plays a titular hero, John Henry, mm-hmm. protecting two young immigrants from his violent former leader, played by Ludacris. Okay. And uh, when you go online and search for John Henry, you just get people shitting on it. Like, whoa. And it's actually kind of fun. Okay, so it's an awful movie. It's kind of fun. People should... Uh, uh, I'm not saying watch the movie. To watch that and then... Uh, I'm not even saying watch it. I'm saying... That and Capone. That's the one-two punch. Oh, my God. Don't do... The, and then kill yourself. I mean, don't, guys. That's what you do when you're depressed. And you're looking for that final oomph to be like, I, I, I have the gun in my mouth, but I need a reason to pull the trigger. You watch Capone. And there's your reason. Like, oh, this, this, this almost got me there. Let me put on this John Henry. Let's <laughs> see where this will get me. Nope. That's not my suicide. Does it sound to your suicide? Yeah, that was, I use a silencer. You need to work on that. Uh, okay, we mentioned this recently. Zack Snyder, Justice League cut, right? Mm-hmm. We, we, we've covered his uh, here and there, not that obsessively, but apparently he has this uh, you know 22-hour cut of his movie or some shit like that that never got finished when he left. Uh, got replaced by the Joss Whedon, uh, like 70%, whatever. I don't even know what it is. Uh, speculation that with Warner Media launching HBO Max, that the Snyder Zack Snyder cut of Justice League would stream, would debut on HBO Max, like a way to entice people to sign up for it, right? I and mean, that could be interesting. It would be interesting. Uh, here's some more evidence of this happening, although now possibly being delayed due to pandemic shit, but uh, recently. He did a um, uh, a contest, he being Zack Snyder, and a prize that he gave away to the winner was a um, a, a clapboard, you know, the, the sink clapboard uh, mm-hmm. that they use. And the winner of the clapboard, I'm trying to pull it up as a picture here. On the back of it, as you can see, like, do you see that? That's a clapboard. On the back is a bunch of, uh, like, purple marker mm-hmm. they wrote on it. Zack Snyder writes on this, and then he signed it. Uh, Please extend to the bearer of this slate the right to pass all security protocols and the permission to operate this motion picture scene and sync marker on the set. This is important, Drew. On the set of any additional photography for an motion picture known as Zack Snyder's Justice League. In the unlikely and purely speculative event that such photography is needed, signed Zack Snyder. This was on uh, February 29th. And that was supposedly, Drew, just weeks after it was reported, and it's been confirmed, that he had a screening of his cut with Warner Brothers executives. So uh, they're looking at it. Photography is needed. It can't happen now because of COVID. 
But it looks but like eventually it will. But it looks like we're getting our weird, dark Zack Snyder Justice League setting up an apocalypse movie that's never going to happen. I'm not sure if I'm interested at this point in time. But we will get black suit Superman. Uh, I mean, if and when it's released, I'm going to watch it. There's no like, ooh, I don't know. I'm watching that fucking thing. I have to know what was different. Uh, that movie was such a train wreck. I have to know what happened. <laughs> well, at least I know now. I mean, you can tell no, uh, Ben Affleck stopped going skinny fat, skinny fat throughout the movie. Now he's just, you know, just quote skinny. I say skinny like he's in fat. reference. He's so Jesus fat. Yeah, he goes thick, thicker. He goes from a thick boy to a thicker boy. You know? Uh, it's like he... Uh, like he stepped on a, like he fell on a peanut and he has an allergy. Hello, Puffy. Alfredo, was there peanut butter in that cookie? Yes, sir. I think you need to get my bad apple pen. I can feel my throat closing up. Alfred. Alfred. I just let him die. <laughs> Master Wayne. The uh, okay, James Cameron, favorite guilty pleasure movie. I'm gonna give you a couple hints, and then you are going to guess it. You will guess this, Drew. You ready? Okay. James Cameron, favorite guilty pleasure. He did describe it as being um quite beautifully made, and one of the actresses moving like this feral creature, joyful. We're watching this joyful movies from 2002. Okay. It's an action movie. It's a video game movie. From 2002, Drew Sikogburn, that James Cameron says is one of his favorites. I got nothing. It's the first of a series of okay. video game movies. You can do this. Just tell me. You can do it. You can do it. Just please tell me. It, 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 the, the, it, I'm not answering. Just, synonymous with, just synonymous with Citizen... <laughs> Uh, bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> does that work? Uh, Chris, I don't want to guess. Does, does that work? It does. Uh, so he loves Resident Evil, and he says, uh, watching Michelle Rodriguez that film, moving like this feral creature is joyful because she becomes like a zombie type thing at some point. Uh, that's possibly the reason he even came up, uh, across his, uh, his, um, his radar is because he's been working with Michelle Rodriguez on the Avatar movies. Uh, he's on a break now because everything's been shut down. And uh, someone asked him, hey, what's your, what are you watching in your downtime? Apparently Resident Evil. One of my guilty pleasures, I think that's actually quite beautiful for me, is Resident Evil, he says. So is it time for a, a re-evaluation of Resident Evil? No. Find out next week. Same camera and time. Same camera channel. Uh, the, 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 oh, this is fun. I would love to see you do this, Drew. So Tom Cruise uh, him, did this himself, but he wanted his actors that he was working with on Top Gun 2 to go through a very specific um, training regimen. Mm-hmm. We already talked about all the flight stuff to pull the Gs, but he also did this. And I think we're going to set this up for uh, like $5 patrons so that they can watch a live stream of this. Uh, so, I mean, if Miles Tyler did this, you can do this, Drew. Um, this is according to Jerry Bruckheimer. They had to go through water survival training where they are blindfolded, put in a water tank that's then turned upside down, and they have to figure out how to get out. 
No. So, uh, the tank's on order from Amazon. Yeah, it's just no. It'll be here next week. Uh, Tom went through all the same stuff. They told me he went through that training just like a 22-year-old would. That's how good he is. The myth and legend of Tom Cruise continues to grow. Oh, well, I mean, he's going to space next, so. Oh, yeah. That is true. Uh, it'd be cool if they put him in space and then blindfolded him and then turned the the space station upside down. Find your way back to Earth. Get your way out. <laughs> I trained for this. I can do this. Uh, yeah, Drew. I mean, come on. What do you, what do they need? That <laughs> what are they doing in the movie that they gotta be like put him in a tank of water, blindfold him, and like turn him upside down? What the fuck are they doing in that movie? Uh, maybe the planes are crashing into the water. Yeah, but still, they can like just put him in a pool. Get some guys with scuba suits. I don't know what to tell you, dude. They are going over the top with a Top Gun. Uh, oh, I see what they're doing. Mm. Over the Top Gun is my smash-up movie where uh, uh, Maverick and uh, Lincoln Hawk, a.k.a. Lincoln Hawks, team up together to both find their estranged children. Who, turns out, they've teamed up together to be professional wrestlers for WTN in the 2020 Battle of the Tough Guys. Sounds like an awful movie. I'll pass. Listen, just just sign here. <laughs> just sign over your house already, so I can get the money. I'll pass. So I can mortgage. Your, just sign these mortgage papers, so nope. I can get the ball rolling on this already. This is my fucking dream, and you're shitting on it. I am. I'm so tired of your fucking shit. Speaking of dreams, uh, Universal has been dreaming about a Scarface remake for well, as long as they remade Scarface the first time around. Okay. They remade it. It was like, that was fun. Let's do it again. Okay. They've been trying to do it since. Yeah. Uh, Antoine Fuqua almost did it recently. Dropped off. Diego Luna was going to play the Tony Montana role. He dropped off. Uh, the Coen brothers had signed on to write the screenplay. Apparently, that is still in place. They got a new director. Luca Guarino looking to make this his follow-up to Suspiria. Okay. Could be... Was that his last movie, Suspiria? That was after calling by your name. Uh, a whole new Scarface. This one's set in L.A. Written by the Coen. Written by the Coen. Directed by the Suspiria. This is not going to be the Scarface movie people want to see. It's not going to be any movie that anyone wants to see. No one wants... I mean, I want to see this movie. But, well, yeah, but it's not going to be... But for most of no one's going to want to see this. This is going to be... Uh, it's be weird as fuck, Chris. This is going to be bad news for a lot of people. Yeah. I'll see it though. Hmm? I'll see it. And then, of course, the news comes out, and you have all these people like, "Oh, they shouldn't remake." You have two camps. You got people who are like, "Oh, Scarface is so good, uh, you can't remake it." Blah blah blah. Yeah, it's already it's a remake. It already itself is a remake. And then the other camp that's like, "Oh, it's not even a good movie." Blah blah blah. Like that's some sort of uh, like edgy hot take to be like, "Oh, I don't actually like Scarface," even though when it came out, it didn't have good reviews. Yeah, I mean, it's fine enough. It's fine enough. It's not considered one of the Palma's best anyway. And when it came out, people were like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. So to me exactly. now, it's like, oh, I think it's bad. I'm like, yeah. all right. In that De Palma movie, he talks, uh, he let, man, who did, who did he let go crazy with the fucking action scene? And actually, I think, I think he let Steven Spielberg direct some of the action from the, the mansion scene. Oh, shit. Because it was so out of his wheelhouse and yeah. he kind of wanted to have some fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> That's fascinating. Yeah. yeah, because his action is like, we have to go slow motion. I need close-ups <laughs> of like women in high heels running. That's his action, not a, a shootouts and stuff. Mm-hmm. All right, go to some like um, spoiler makes sense. Let's see here. All right, I have all stories left, man. We're coming up on an hour and a half, so this is perfect. 
perfect. Danny Boyle almost made uh, uh, what's this one that's coming out here? The uh, the bond, the bond, no time to die. Mm-hmm. Right, he uh, was signed off for a little bit there, fell off creative differences. What they do before that? Before that was yesterday, mm-hmm. uh, which people are still sort of uh, discovering on on streaming services and whatnot. He has this next movie lined up. It's a biblical epic, Drew. Okay. For Warner Brothers, this is according to Variety, that they've been trying to. Is it Warner Brothers Universal? Warner Brothers. A, a biblical epic. Uh, they want to turn into a franchise based on uh, the, according to the Bible, oldest man ever, Methuselah. Mm-hmm. You ready for Methuselah? I mean, maybe. I already got some Methuselah recently. I know you get some Methuselah recently. Uh, Anthony Hopkins? Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, but how about this? <laughs> right? Yeah. Right? Yeah, for a minute. It's like, I'm going to go see Methuselah up in the cave. He's <laughs> right? just an old Noah? man in the cave. Right? Yeah. Well, yeah, because yeah, he's Noah's father. He's also the oldest man in the world. The uh, uh, supposed to live until around a thousand years. How about instead of Anthony Hopkins, how about Michael B. Jordan? What? Well, it's a franchise that they want, right? Oh, so are we going to start with Young Methuselah? He's got to start somewhere, baby. <laughs> this will be an epic vehicle for Warner Brothers that calls for someone of his stature to take on the heavy-hitting role of a man who lived for almost a thousand years without aging, all while developing a set of unpar- unparalleled survival skills. So it's going to be like uh, Jesus Christ Action Star? Jesus Christ Action Star. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm into it. Jesus Christ action star would be the musical hit sensation that I would fly to New York to go see. I'd fly to that COVID uh, laced hellhole at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd wear a mask uh, and, and sit in, in the Winter Garden Theater. Well, I, mean, I, I, I tell you what, it, it would definitely be an interesting take on the biblical movies because yeah. this is all... Th- this would be the world pre-flood. Yeah. So, Like in Noah. Yeah. Well, no, th- this is well so, before Noah. So, it was, yeah, but so it's like weird animals and... and uh, Flesh eaters. You can, come up with, you can come up with all sorts of stuff that, uh-huh. that is supposedly been wiped out by flood. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Horrible human beings. Yeah, yeah. Monsters. Hopefully that's what they're doing. Yeah. The religious people hate that, though. Yeah. You know, they want somebody like taking trip, but there's no like Methuselah's barely in the Bible. That's what I'm saying. And when he is, he's fucking old as shit. He's just an old man. He's just Noah's dad. But they're going with like, no, he doesn't age. Wait, maybe he's a vampire. I mean, maybe he's Methuselah, the living vampire. <laughs> right? It's it's like more. He's like he's brothers with Morbius. <laughs> oh, is it a Morbius prequel? Morbius, 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 Morbius. Methuselah, the living vampire. Look, okay, we're either going to produce that, a musical of that, or Jesus Christ action star. <laughs> okay. No matter what, it's going to star Gerard Butler. Gotcha. All right. Gotcha. <laughs> no matter what, and he's going to and when and no matter what, uh, whether he's Methuselah, the living vampire, or Jesus Christ action superstar, he will play him as an American. Uh, that it, is imperative. This is going to be a weird franchise. Chris. It, it's going to be great. Uh, it's like I'm Jesus Christ the American. <laughs> Uh, so we got Danny Boyle's Methuselah. We'll see what happened there. Okay, we got um, the, Michael Mann. He has been teasing a Heat prequel book for a few years. At one point, it's like it turned into a, a, a graphic novel, and then it's a novel, and it's this and that. Now he's saying book's still coming out, but then he wants to film it, turn it into a movie, and then also make a sequel. Because so the Heat trilogy, the Heat trilogy. He wants to flesh out Heat into a trilogy. Uh, 
Michael Mann hasn't made like a really great movie in 15, 20 years anyway, so fuck it, who cares? Go ahead and, right? Who gives a shit? I know. Uh, his last few movies were um, Black Hat. Black Hat. Hat Green, Hat Green, Green Hathaway. Hathaway. Uh, Public Enemies. Mm. Remember that one? Mm. I only saw it one time in theaters. Insider and Ali were his last two like really, really good ones. Public Enemies. There was something. Oh, Miami Vice. We'll see. Everything he's done, everything he does now, it's it all. They all land on the fine scale. Even if there's just one eye, that's all. still just fine. Black Hat was like maybe five eyes. If it doesn't fall off the fine scale, it's like oh, this was uh, disappointing. Mm-hmm. Straight up disappointing. Do we want disappointing Heat movies? I mean, it looks like we're gonna get them no matter what. I guess so. As long as he doesn't try any de aging crap. Who knows? Maybe he will. Speaking of uh, Hollywood fakery, the NFL Network and no Fox Sports, excuse me, NFL and Fox Sports, they're uh, they have a plan. If they do get games up and running without spectators, they will be pumping in uh, fake audio, fake audio, and including shots of crowds that aren't there. Cool, yeah, fun. Trying their best to Just make it seem need. like a normal thing. Yeah, more uh, mainstream, normalized media fakery. Mm-hmm. That's that, that's not gonna have any lasting effects. No, it'll be fine. Didn't I see this in our Hoven movie once? Just <laughs> that the whole point of movies to warn us about this kind of shit, not to give them ideas. Uh, wrapping up here real quick, George Miller. News of Mad Max Furiosa, the prequel. The prequel, correct? Which is it's cool that we're getting development word and that they're moving forward with it. I want more. He's pushing eighty. If he's gonna make him, he has to make him now. But that's prequel kind of bums me out a bit because then it won't be Charlie Starin. Mm-hmm. That kind of sucks. Uh, part of the reason why the world's so good. Cause I'm I'm sure he will find some young actress who is also quite attractive, and uh, we'll get to see her just murder just, the just be a badass. fuck out of people in the be, desert. Be some sort of badass. Uh, he did audition Anya Taylor Joy. Not necessarily doesn't say whether for sure for that part, but it could be. The age lines up for that early twenties, and uh, oh, this is interesting. He talks about CG de aging. For the longest time, I thought we would just use CG de aging on Charlize, but I don't think we're nearly there yet. Despite the valiant attempts on the Irishman, I think there's still an uncanny valley. Yep. Well, uh, fucking piece of shit. And oh, this is also very interesting. It says everyone is on the verge of solving it, particularly Japanese video game designers. But there's still a pretty wide valley, I believe. So uh, George Miller with his eye towards Japanese video games for that's fine for that type. I find that, I mean, like I said, he's almost eighty year old man. What does he know about Japanese video games? I bet you a lot. Yeah, he's probably just gonna go up back to the Nambian Desert and just blow up a lot more cars. So yeah, <laughs> that's that's all I'm looking for. Like back in the desert for nine more months of just driving into yep. the desert. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, a couple of TV series stories to wrap it up. Percy Jackson. I enjoyed the first Percy Jackson movie for what it was. It's all right. Like, you know, it's, it's a fun concept. It's apparently just five books worth of that. Uh, the second movie, I watched it eventually when it was ever came out on whatever service. I was like, yeah, it's not as good as the first one. The first one even just being okay. The second one's not as good. But now it's looking like they're being they're reviving the series on Disney Plus with somebody else with someone else because a new team as a TV series. Logan Lerman's getting old. He is old. Brandon T. Jackson, uh, Alexandra D'Adrio. They're all a little little too old to play high school kids mm-hmm. at this point. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, so we'll see if it's any good. Let's, let's put enough money into it. Have fun with the monster designs. It could be. And, and yeah, and updating uh, you know, these, these old Greek mythos for, for modern days. It could be a lot of fun. Or it could be shit. Depends on how smart you are about it. Speaking of a lot of fun or could be shit. Final story. The Continental TV series. Mm-hmm. Being done for stars. Uh, Chad Stelheski has some updates on the series. Okay. And the kind of approaches that they're going to take. And how it's different from the movie. Especially, essentially, John Wick. It's all from his perspective. Yeah. And the series is sort of taking place over the course of like a week. Yeah. Right? Um, he says, the angle they're working on with the show is a different perspective on the whole world. It's coming from different characters' point of view. Uh, other producers and other writers on TV show are coming from a different uh, timeline structure and a different perspective of character. Uh so expect you know I mean who can we flesh out we, we can easily flesh Anybody. out um, the, but like who do we want we, we get more Swergen we get more Swergen we get more um, Reddick yes right uh, we get more uh, we can find out more about the TikTok man what's up mm-hmm. with the TikTok man mm-hmm. we get a little more um, we can bring back people because it could be prequel stuff right mm-hmm. uh, we can bring back Zero Mark DeCascos mm-hmm. we can bring back Common mm-hmm. from the second one no. I was surprised he wasn't in the third one mm-hmm. uh, it's a lot of they do have like a rich cast already pulled from. Willem Dafoe can come back. That that chick know. assassin from the first one. He's getting a little old. Could be a prequel. Fair. Yeah, he uses voice. You can you can, you can Harvey Keitel in in uh, Wes Anderson style uses yeah. voice and uh, like oh is that Willem Dafoe? I think I'm here. Uh, it could be fun. It could be a lot of fun. It could be really cool. And then you know what? It could be great about it. It's something that we don't really get. Or when they do make them, they're almost always bad because of the time frame that you have to make these things. It's hard to get a good action TV show. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, so- if they stick to the same rules, then it should be. It should be a lot of fun. Yeah. Each episode should have one to three fighting or action scenes that should have a particular look that we're expecting. Uh, should be cool. Should look sexy. Hopefully it'll be good. We'll see. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, well, well, only time will tell. Chris. Time will tell. That time includes a future. What's what does the future behold? Couldn't uh, tell you. Uh, badness, bad stuff, bad times for sure for all of us. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, we can look forward to things like the Continental, and uh, we can also, you know, hopefully uh, Continental. Pretty sure it's going to be good. You know what I mean? We'll see. But uh, but the uh, Percy Jackson show, for sure, much more. Up in the air, but you know what? I do have faith in being good. That Mad Max prequel, no matter what. Well, yeah, they I mean, made. as long as, as long as Mr. Miller's still, as long as Miller's baby at the helm, he's doing it. Then everything's fine. Without him, it's if he strokes out, that's gone. Yeah, the exactly. franchise yeah. is gone. Exactly. Uh, so that's gonna be good. You know, it's gonna be bad. NFL using uh fake sounds. Oh yeah, that's that's, that's yeah, that's a real bummer. Mm-hmm. You know, it could also probably be bad. These these heat. Sidequels, sequels, prequels. We don't need oh, yeah, shit. Yeah. We don't need it, Michael Mann. No, we, we don't. We don't need it, bro. Agreed. But you know it could be good? That they, they need Boyle Methuselah. I'm in. I'm in for it. It might not be as good as Jesus Christ Action Star. Starring Gerard Butler. I don't know about any of it. We also got that Universal's Scarface is happening. Whether we want it to or not. Once again, don't really care. And again, like I said. Whether we want to or not, whether we care or not, Drew, it's coming for us. 
just like Top Gun 2, where we have your water tank test ready to go. Just right up back. We'll do this right after we record here. Uh, remember, time to re revisit Resident Evil. Because if James Cameron says it's beautifully made, well, then he... Then we must he's, be. He's obviously lost his goddamn mind. Then we must be wrong. No, we must be wrong. Uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League cut is coming. When? Where? Oh, who knows? But we do know that in the meantime, we can watch John Henry on Netflix. Sitting pretty at 0%. No, thank you. Meanwhile, Drew's going to play Predator Hunting Grounds. No, I'm not. He's going to let us know how bad it is. No, no, I'm not. And that's before. No, that'll be after. No, that'll be before. No. We sit down. It's never going to happen. To watch. Surely it'll be his new favorite film of all time. He'll get the jacket that the lead character wears. Uh, Moonfall starring Moon Smash starring Josh Gad. I'm not going to watch that either. I can't wait for him to retitle <laughs> Moon Smash. Much better title. Uh... Shout out to the UK government for allowing Batman to start filming again. We appreciate you and Rob Pattinson confirming there's no time travel in Tenet. That helps us out quite a bit. We'll hopefully be seeing Russell Crowe and Jude Law in theaters this summer. Chris. While. Why are you going over the things that we just talked about just case, all over again? Just in case someone walked out of the room and they missed something. And then they came back. and It's, they, it's annoying. And uh, Hamilton coming to D+. Of course, again... Drew's super excited for it. Uh, all right, there you go. Yeah, are we gonna? Are you gonna? No. So no, I'm not. <laughs> I already answered that question, Drew. Yeah. Answers no. Answer the question. That's it. We're at uh, about an hour and a half. So that's the episode. <sighs> Thank you, Drew Cogburn, mm-hmm. and you are welcome, listeners, for this week's show. We'll be back next week with episode 385. What are we gonna see? We have no idea. I don't know if it's gonna be uh, some VOD nonsense or a documentary, or maybe we'll just punch each other in the face for 20 minutes and then review that. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Peace out. A PFT Media production.